0: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690
1: and ESPN690.com. In one of the boldest marketing strategies ever for the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have chose to take away two of the London games and bring them back overseas, back to the U.S., probably in jacksonville one would assume hasn't been official yet but i can't foresee them playing the games in orlando uh, or some other area um so that that's good news if you're a Jacksonville jaguars fan austin lane action sports jacks espn 690 my co-host brent martineau will be here momentarily gonna put some money in the fine jar and we'll take care of it when time comes but to me that's that's the biggest story of the day so far is the jaguars getting their two games back from london and I get it. They really had no choice. You know, I mean, their their hand was pushed all in with COVID-19 and everything. I mean, it is the smart decision by the NFL. And the NFL released a press release officially, uh, I believe, came out this morning. And I'll just kind of paraphrase it real quick. Um, after considerable analysis, we believe the decision to play all our games domestically this season is the right one for our players, our clubs, our fans in the U.S., um, Mexico and UK as well, and that was from Chief Strategy and Growth Officer Christopher Haplin. Uh We appreciate greatly that the support of our government, stadium partners in Mexico and the UK, who all agree uh, with our decision, and we hope to bring football back to the UK and Mexico um, as early as 2021. So there you have it. You know, I mean, this was kind of, I guess, it, the, the writing was on the wall eventually. We figured this is going to be announced, but it is official now. And listen, I get Jaguars fans should be excited. We don't know how this whole COVID-19 thing is going to shake out yet. We don't know how many fans will actually be able to go inside the stadiums. I mean, I get everything changes every single week, but we're still months and months away from from football here. So we'll see exactly what it looks like in terms of the fan attendance and things like that. From a revenue standpoint, yes, this hurts the Jacksonville Jaguars, but once again, This the landscape right now, professional sports, a lot of teams are getting hurt. Okay, so it's not just the Jaguars down the line. It's going to be a lot of teams. But what I think no one's really talking about is just how much this is going to benefit the Jacksonville Jaguars for 2020. More specifically, how much this is going to benefit. Gardner Minshew okay and and I say it like this we talk about this is Gardner Minshew's big year this is his big audition to see if he is indeed the guy going forward for the next five to maybe ten years going forward okay and When you have a guy like Gardner Minshew, a young guy obviously like that, you want to give him every single advantage that you can. Now, Andy Dalton goes to Dallas. We'll talk about that later. Obviously, that's going to be a loss for the Jaguars, in my opinion, because once again, I think Gardner Minshew is a better guy with Andy Dalton in the locker room than without him being there. Nevertheless, though, in terms of the two London games, this is going to help Gardner Minshew. This is a good thing for Jaguars fans because now you have a quarterback who – doesn't have to go over there and play again. You you have the youngest team on the NFL who doesn't have to go over there and play in London. Okay? Because that's not an advantage anymore. Okay I can make an argument. Maybe for the first year, first three years or so, the Jaguars had a, a distinct advantage of they knew how to prepare for the London game. Okay, uh, other teams were kind of foreign to that, and other teams couldn't really adjust. We saw that with the Ravens-Jaguars game. Man, I think that was four years ago now, if I'm not mistaken. And that was a blowout. And Harbaugh, Coach Harbaugh from the Ravens, even came out and said, "Listen, we were not ready to play. We we were not locked in for this London experience, and we got our butts kicked." Teams are starting to adapt now, right? Whether it's the Wildcat, whether it's some kind of crazy defense, whether it's the Rams from two years ago running that crazy offense, the NFL will always adapt, and you always have to change. In terms of the London game, teams have already adapted. I can sit here wholeheartedly and say the Jaguars playing in London, it gives them no distinct advantage anymore because teams are hip to it now. Everyone talks with each other, and teams know how to combat you know, the travel, the fatigue, the time difference. There's no advantage anymore. So to take those two games away from London and to bring them back to Jacksonville – well, now this gives Gardner Minshew another opportunity. It gives the Jacksonville Jaguars another opportunity to be successful because it's not an advantage anymore. I would say you have a better advantage playing in front of your home fans, playing in front of you know your home crowd, sleeping in the city that you're you know you're kind of set up in, as opposed to traveling across the pond playing in London. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the standpoint of this is the youngest team in the NFL. They have 12 new rookies. Those rookies who are uninitiated unacquainted with traveling to London don't have to do it now once again another advantage I think for the Jacksonville Jaguars because don't get it twisted whether you're traveling to the west coast like I remember my first trip to uh, San Diego or whether you're traveling to London for your first time it's different man okay it's different to even go two three hours let alone a half a day what it seems like to go over to London so I think that this helps a very young football team as well so Once again, I understand from the revenue standpoint, the Jaguars probably take a big hit here. And you know what? That's the way of the world right now, okay? And it is what it is. But at the end of the day, if you're a Jaguars fan, you have to be excited, number one, because that's two more opportunities to go to the games. Number two, it helps out your team. And number three, it doesn't put your team at a disadvantage, okay? So with that being said... um. I think it's great news, you know, and if you, if you want to take some kind of silver lining through all this chaos right now, which is happening in the world and, and all this craziness, at least the Jacksonville Jaguars um have eight home games now. And I mentioned Andy Dalton a little bit too as well. You know, and, and it's all about like I I've, I've been preaching now for the past month it seems like, of giving that room the best chance to succeed, um, you know, the quarterback room and giving Gardner and Minshew all the tools necessary. Andy Dalton goes to Dallas, which I mean, I guess if you have tickets from Vegas, go and cash those right now and enjoy that lump sum because nobody was calling Andy Dalton and Dallas. Right? We heard these New England Patriot rumors of he's probably going go to New England. He's got a chance to start there. There was obviously some Jacksonville Jaguars rumors as well. But Andy Dalton going to Dallas, nobody really foresee you know coming. But at the end of the day. He's got a house there, okay? It's an easy transition for him. Um, You know, there's still the Dak Prescott contract negotiations going on. Eventually, that will get squared away, I think. So, obviously, Andy Dalton's coming in as the backup quarterback, but he's in a pretty good situation where you have a great offense, you have a great running game, you have a solid offensive line, you have a team that's expecting um, to make a run this year, and if for some reason – where Jack Prescott was to go down or for some crazy reason he's holding out, Andy Dalton can come in and at least be serviceable um, for that. So I think from Andy Dalton's perspective, great move. From the Dallas Cowboys' perspective, great move. I mean, I, I think it's what you call a win-win here. You know, now obviously I was selfish. I wanted to see Andy Dalton go to Jacksonville and, you know, lead Gardner Minshew. But at the end of the day, I get it, man. I get it. Action Sports, Jack's ESPN at 690. Kuz, how we doing today, man? I'm good, dude. What did you think of that last dance last night? I it was it? good. Okay. And we're going to do it more when Brent's here, but I'm going to want an apology from you. And I'm going to want an apology from Brent Martineau because when I kept saying that the Tony Kukoc episode was going to happen, the Tony Kukoc, you know, uh, E60, if you will, was going to take place. Y'all laughed at me. Y'all thought Tony Kukoc was just a role player. You thought he was just a bench guy. You thought he wasn't that big of a deal. Well, I've been calling that now for like the past three weeks where the Croatian sensation, man, he had all the hype in the world. He was supposed to be the next dude coming from Europe. Now, obviously, things transpired. He goes to the Bulls. You have Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. They're going to let that happen. But I'm just—I can't wait to put in Brett Martinos face because I wish we could go back in time, because I wish we had sound bites of you guys laughing at me every time I brought up Tony Kukoc.
0: I just—I liked how no one could actually say his last name. in the So, episode. so
1: here's the thing: growing up, it was Tony Kukoc, okay? Like I, that's, that's just, the way I, I've always pronounced that's it. That's how I've always heard it. They play the draft Tony Kukoc, and then <laughs> and then an old coach Tony Kukoc. I was like some of his old teammates, Tony yeah. Kukoc. Yeah. Hey man, what's your name? And, <laughs> and if, if people are messing it up, correct them, Tony. Like I, I get it, man. You you possibly come from a country where you know they're they're a little more chill about like, name pronunciation and they're maybe like a little more humble with it. But Tony, if someone's messing up your name, then say it because I have to know if I'm pronouncing it wrong, Tony Kukoc, which I think you pronounce it the same way as I do or if it's Tony Kukoc, okay? Cuz yeah. you, you can't have it both ways.
0: I said I said Kukoc. Like I've yeah, always so thought that's I. what it was. So but. did
1: I, man. And now I'm like trying to second guess myself because, you know, he played on the Bucks too, so I followed his career um after Chicago and went to Milwaukee. I want to make sure I'm doing him <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't want to do him a disservice by pronouncing mispronouncing his name, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um Great episode though Probably my favorite episode so far Because to me It had the most nostalgia You know It had the most things Where I remember as a kid Being like Oh yeah that that makes sense and i can't wait to grill brent about larry bird too because we might have saw larry bird a total of i don't know a minute in the uh, in in last night's episodes set aside from magic johnson who was kind of stealing the show a little bit him and michael jordan going back and practice and everything i enjoyed that um yeah Yeah. but once again we'll get into it later
0: i i kind of like the isaiah thomas angle on it too because he definitely deserved to be on that team like like performance wise but then you look at it like and his coach was uh, the one that was coaching the Olympic team so it's like you want to see that and then you got you know you, you look at it you see that he had issues not issues but they got into it with Magic Johnson he got into it with Larry Bird he got into it with Pippen and Jordan so yeah. it was like chemistry wise would it have been a fit I don't know but when it's the USA team you're supposed to have the best of everybody yeah but i mean imagine you know the the scene where they had him doing the practice and they're going at it and and, and uh uh, Magic Johnson's like you need to be Air Jordan or you're about to lose this game and he does. Yeah. Could you imagine if Isaiah Thomas was on the opposing team? Like I don't think that that bus ride would have been as funny as as they all made it out uh, to seem.
1: It's a possibility, man. I listen. I think as, I mean listen, I, I didn't grow up a lot with with the bad boys, okay? So like I know about them, reading about them, watching obviously like the E60 that they had about them and everything, but like that that wasn't in my era. Okay, so I don't really know what kind of guy Isaiah Thomas was. All I have to go off is what, you know, his peers tell me about him. And, yeah, obviously the guy seemed like kind of an a-hole a little bit. But I wonder if more of it was guilty by association, right? It was like, well, look at the team that he played on. They were all kind of had that demeanor, okay? So maybe he's guilty by association a little bit. But I'm not going to lie, man. Um, And, listen, I'm not the biggest Isaiah Thomas fan because, once again, Coach Milwaukee Bucks and – (laughs) didn't go so well, let's just say that, to say the least. But in terms of Isaiah Thomas, man, I felt sorry for him last night because he came across like the popular kid in high school, but he didn't get invited to the birthday party. You know, like, say you're in grade school, right, and this kid's having a birthday party, and he's got a pool at his house, so you know it's going to be absolutely off the chain, and you know it's going to be legit and everything. There's going to be, uh, I don't know, pinatas there. There's going to be a pool party. There's going to be a rotisserie uh, giant pig, if you will. going to be a pig roast. Like It's going to be the bells and whistles of the best birthday party of all time. I don't know. Maybe Sink or Backstreet Boys is going to be performing there, too, back in the day. Not, obviously, now, but back when they were really popular. It's going to be off the chain.
0: You said that because there was a Justin Timberlake like uh in the We'll we'll get into that later.
1: I, I had an issue with that for sure. But my point is imagine being that kid and everyone's going to the party, man. Like the, the most elite of the popular kids are going to the party but for whatever reason, man. You got forever, left off. For for whatever reason, because maybe you took the guy's girlfriend, or maybe because they just don't like you, maybe because you're in class and you fell asleep, you got in the whole class got in trouble. Whatever the reason is, you didn't get invited to the birthday party. And that's Isaiah Thomas, man. Like you were one of the even Michael Jordan said it. He was one of the best point guards ever. He said behind Magic Johnson. Isaiah Thomas is probably number two of the best point guards of all time. And you don't get invited to the biggest birthday party of all time. You got to sit behind and just hear about it at school the next day. That's a rough one, man. Okay? And once again, I don't know Isaiah Thomas personally. I didn't really follow his career, obviously, because he's before my time. But I felt bad for him, man. Now, I thought he had it with class, but I felt bad for him.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree, and obviously the whole thing was great. To for me, it's cool. Like I said, for a lot of it, I was I was not even born, or I was like one, maybe like between the age of one and like nine. Yeah. So like going through it now and seeing the way it is, it it makes you even realize like you know the younger kids today are going to see Charles Barkley as this this quirky dude on TV, Mm -hmm. you know, and 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 can't pronounce names right, and has trouble with this, does this, has a bad golf swing. The dude was a baller. And he got just kind of overshadowed because Michael Jordan was around.
1: Well, exactly. And, and I'm, I'm glad, like, listen, th- this documentary is doing a lot of good for a lot of people. Okay. It's showing the behind the scenes, obviously, but it's also showcasing guys, especially from older generations, where the where the new generation of basketball fans may not know. And you're right, Coos. People see Charles Barkley. They, say on, they see him on TNT. They see him on Saturday Night Live. You know, kind of this clown-like guy. Don't really know a lot about his game or anything like that. And... That documentary showcased just how good Charles Barkley was. Because keep in mind, he was the MVP that year, okay? Not Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley. So, yeah, there you go. But, hey, when we come back on the show, let's go to break real quick, Kuz. But when we get back, Cam Newton's still on the market. A lot of Cam Newton fans out there right now. Does he make sense for the Jacksonville Jaguars?
0: The Newton theory.
1: The Newton theory. I like that. And if he indeed does come to Jacksonville, how long will it take me to grill him on his Instagram font? We'll get into that. Also, are there any other backup quarterbacks right now in the NFL in free agency or on a roster that would make sense for the Jacksonville Jaguars to bring in their locker room to try to elevate Garner Minshew's play? We'll get into that next on ESPN 690.
2: Part of this has kind of led him to the Cowboys in a way because of what we're all dealing with with this pandemic going on. And I don't know if he wanted to do, uproot his family and go somewhere new and and start over and and have to worry about everything a starting quarterback has to worry about. That's Todd Archer on Andy Dalton.
1: Good guess. (laughs) Thanks,
2: Chris. (laughs) By the way, did I walk in here uh, fashionably late and... Were you seriously? I missed the beginning of this conversation, but were you talking about... Oh, I was slandering
1: Lori Burke. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. I heard that. Oh, okay.
2: What, you you think I don't get a radio in my car?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I I figured the new Garth Brooks album came out or something, (laughs) and you're rocking that. New Kenny Chesney did come out over the weekend. How is it?
2: Uh, it's not bad, right, not cool. bad. Uh, not I'm very happy. For yeah. you. <laughs> Let's just say that. Were you talking banana bread ingredients? Yeah, yeah, man. During the break, I mean, not Chrissy on. Teigen. But yeah, no, we weren't talking on the air
1: about Thank goodness. that. Yeah, we were talking off there about the Chrissy Teigen banana bread. What and is wrong with you guys. The results? Don't say, hey, I, I didn't do it. He did. Don't, I made don't it don't this me weekend. To it. How was it? it but was, the
0: other station wanted me to do that, so I, I did. Am. It was good. Um, well, you
1: tell about though. What do you mean the other station wanted you to do that?
0: For like video content, like it's gonna be a video that I'm oh, gonna post.
1: Times are tough, huh? Yeah, times yeah. are really tough right now. Why oh, hey. making banana bread? <laughs> it was good. <laughs> yeah, sweet. That's so awesome. It, was it good?
0: Yeah, they wanted me to put like coconut in it, which I'm not a big coconut person, so I uh, made a few changes. thank you for changes. not doing that. Yeah, put put some chocolate chips. Shame on you, Brent. No coconut.
1: You see, you, put cho- you, you talk about you, you ruining banana bread. Put chocolate chips in it. Way better than banana. I thought you chocolate guy. I don't. Though.
0: I'll take the chocolate okay. chips. I thought, about, I thought about doing raisins, but then I knew the whole world would slander me. Heaven
1: forbid you get your essential fats in for the day.
0: They're healthy, man. <laughs> I'm not <having laughs> coconut in banana bread. Here's the thing, I promise you, you didn't with, need either one, by the way. With the amount of sugar I had to put in that thing, you're not worried about the essential fats at
1: that point yeah, i'll tell you what in the past probably three or four years no one has risen up my depth chart more than chrissy Teigen, and i don't say that from an aesthetically pleasing point of view i just say from a personality point of view i mean yeah she's yeah she's very good looking don't get me wrong but i'm just talking about a, a person in general like i don't know who she was at first and i knew she was married to john legend and all i knew her was from making fun of john legend for like being so emotional when he sings like hey i'll be making fun of the, the guy that's you know Putting you in the house and everything. But then, like, the more and more I kind of got to know Chrissy Teigen, she's pretty cool, man. Well, I'd also say she has it.
0: her own money from the swimsuit stuff. Well, yeah,
1: and I found that out as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: She's <laughs> got can. her own
2: pretty good career. Yeah, she does. Uh, or did. She was in uh, Fast
0: and Furious, too, for a second. That Walt was something that she was talking about
2: over the weekend. Let's,
1: let's, what, what is that saying? Not much.
2: Brent Morton of Austin <laughs> Lane Coos here on a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend, everybody. Hope you're doing well as uh, some of Jacksonville reopens a little bit. I was not at the store. That's not why I was late. Uh, we are <laughs> We're doing some things (laughs) for TV (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, uh, with the whole London stuff. So we'll get into it a little bit more. I talked to Chad Johnson over at the Jags uh, for some TV stuff. But we'll share some of that interview because I think there are a bunch of questions about the whole London coming back. Listen, this isn't a surprise. We talked about it last week. Mm -hmm. This is a formality in in essence. I will say this. I look back on some uh, stories of about a month ago. And as of a month ago, the NFL was still planning on going ahead with the International Series. So that was as, like, April 1st, uh, a story came out that I read. And on a conference call, some of the NFL officials had even said, hey, yeah, we're planning on going ahead with it. Well, it makes sense for this to now happen. A month is a lot of time in in this pandemic. And we'll see where everything is at. So I don't think anybody is surprised by the news of today. I think it was expected. And uh, we did talk about a little bit last week. But there are some specifics that are interesting and some that can't be answered. Uh, you know, some that like are now what? With the two home games that were supposed to be at Wembley, did, does the NFL, do the Jaguars, do they owe Wembley Stadium any money? Do they just lose that? Do they have to continue that that uh, agreement or uh, that contract contract? next year or sometime down the road tottenham has a 10-year deal i think it is with the nfl so does that just push it back a year i think those are interesting questions i think it's too soon to answer them at least from the jags perspective i asked some of those questions i think that's more of an nfl thing based off the international series but the jags are heavy over there in london they know a lot about what's going on in london obviously they were going to play two home games in london so uh nothing the the cancellation of the international series impacts the Jacksonville jaguars more than any other team in the nfl
1: well and I don't want to be the bear of bad news here but like what happens with so let's say obviously no international games this year okay do the jaguars try to make up for it next year then and then all of a sudden is it three home games in, you know in the uk next year yeah, I mean, and that's, is the that out of that's the realm that's I, like, I
2: do i i don't think so uh, yeah. but i don't know <laughs> and i don't think they know that's my point okay i uh, ask those questions and that's what i think this it, those questions come up those questions i think are interesting uh what happens you know uh, from a, a Lot J perspective, you know, what happens from a Florida Georgia perspective? Uh, thoughts uh, initially on both fronts Lot J, whenever they are able to do it and get it rolling, because that's already probably been slid a little bit because of what's going on. Uh, that won't Im- interfere with two extra home games too much. Uh, Florida Georgia game uh, is still in Jacksonville, from everything I can gather, and, and pointing to that that way. But I think these are stories that are all going to be very fluid. Week to week, month to month, as we get a little bit closer to football season. And then on top of it, the biggest story is you can have 10 games at home, eight in the regular season, for the first time since 2012, by the way. Mm. And you might not have fans at them. Yeah. You and not because know. they didn't buy tickets. Yeah, You might not be allowed to. And that's reality. So, uh, we heard from the Miami Dolphins, uh, today, I think on like Good Morning America. Uh, one of their representatives shared some of their contingency plans on what they would do if they can't have a full crowd in there. I mean, these are things that are, are really interesting. And the Jaguars have contingency plans that they're starting to put in place. But, Uh, When is the drop dead date on that? When do you need to share with the fans what they can do? Mm -hmm. When is uh, how, how soon before the season starts? Do you have to know so you can implement some of these regulations that you want to put in place? I would think, I mean, if you're not going to have fans in there, well, then you could do that a week prior and it doesn't matter. You just say fans aren't coming. Mm -hmm. But if it is a social distancing thing or there are new rules to be in fact, these are a lot of storylines to follow. I, I don't have all the answers for you, but I think those are questionable things. I think they're valid questions, too, in how this is going to work. It's going to be a very different sports season in the fall In the entire landscape of sports, uh, whatever is playing, I don't think it will be business as usual. And I've changed a little bit on that. I thought when we got back, like this reopening, I kind of was like, okay, it's going to be back to normal. When it's time, it'll be back to normal. Now, in July, could we see back to normal? I haven't ruled out hope of that. But I do think with all the plans being made, the contingencies being made, the conversations that are had, it does feel like this isn't going to
1: be sports as we know it, even when they're played yeah it's just it's so hard to predict and it's the uncertainty brent right and like that's the hardest thing to really comment on is uncertainty right now you know like we we try to do our best to say like well we can see it going this way we can see it going this way but we honestly we we just don't know what's going to happen now i would think that if there is going to be you know the regular nfl season maybe training camp gets pushed back a little bit whatever it is but assuming there's going to be a full 17 game schedule I think there could be kind of like a soft opening, if you will, where maybe there's going to be a certain amount of fans in the stadium or maybe, you know, zero fans at all. Um, It's hard to imagine that, you know, it's it's hard to imagine football teams playing in a stadium with zero fans. I don't know how that's going to come across on TV, obviously. I don't know how that's going to um, be responded to with the players and everything Um, I get from you know the the money aspect i mean you got to do something you, i mean you have to salvage the season and people are still going to tune in and watch obviously but i'm just trying to picture what the landscape would look like and Having no fans in an NFL stadium, man, I just don't know what that's going to be. Yeah, it'll be really
2: strange. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, But but real quick, uh, we'll talk more about this as the show goes along. And you're welcome to jump in. What are your thoughts on two more games coming back to Jacksonville? Are you excited about it? Are you like, yeah, whatever. You're going to take those games anyway. Uh, Are you buying season tickets with the whole idea now that there's a refund possibility? Uh So we'll go over some of the things that the Jags implement. And I, and I will say this. Listen, the Jags are an easy punching bag sometimes. Mm. I looked at the press release, and I thought the Jags did a pretty darn good job of thinking about the people in Jacksonville, the fans in Jacksonville, of how you can try to get to football games. You can try to enjoy the football season. But also the fluid nature of the pandemic with that top of mind. Uh, for people for consumers and so i think they did a pretty nice job but the biggest one is refund rather than credit i think some people thought hey if i buy a season ticket and we don't have a football season am i going to get my money back or is it just going to be a credit mm-hmm. and i think that's a big deal i think there's a big difference for people to say okay you can use it toward next season yeah. or you give me my money back and sure. it's going to be a refund up until i think a certain maybe it's a week before the season or something like that so i i think even that alone is is a pretty good deal um i I would say deal i I just think it's pretty pretty good from a jags fan perspective Mm -hmm. if i'm thinking about it well then i can say hey at least if something does happen my money's not at risk i can get it
1: back no listen and here comes corporate show austin lane um hyping the jaguars a little bit but i absolutely agree with you in terms of they did not have to do the the complete refund okay because right now the big story uh, one of the big stories in baseball is teams not doing the full refund teams doing the credit and spoiler alert, there's a lot of fans right now that are pissed off at the standpoint that they feel like they kind of lost their money a little bit. And now they have to try to, you know, work around their schedule. Hopefully the the season comes back to go to a baseball game. Yeah. You know, it's happening in LA. It's happening in Milwaukee. I think other, I think a couple more, um, MLB teams are starting to take note of that too. So I, th- I think it's, it, it's a great move by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I think it's classy. And I think that, listen, I get it. There's been a lot of bad optics lately with the Jacksonville Jaguars and, they probably deserve it, to tell you the truth. But giving the full refund, man, When and we'll see other teams kind of react to this whole thing going on. But giving a full refund to the fans like that, I, I can appreciate
2: that. And think about all the longtime fans, right? There are a lot of folks that have been season ticket holders for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Well, they're probably in the older category. I don't know how old. But I'm just saying older category. Well, this pandemic puts people that are a little older at risk more so than you know people that are younger. We know that. And they have – one of the options is, hey, uh, if you don't want to because if you have, uh, I think, some health issues and you can't buy season tickets this year or not comfortable doing so – you will have the option to buy your seats next year. Mm-hmm. So even those kind of things. I thought it was a, a really well done. We'll go over some of them. Uh, if you have questions about it, 904-362-9901. Uh, we'll tell you how to get more information. And there's still a lot of unknown, like we said. But Jaguars will have all their football games here for the first time since 2012. I mean, hey, listen, I don't mind London. I, I've been over there a bunch. I, I think there are some parts of London that actually make sense more so than diehard fans want to admit. I'm not in love with the two games over there, mm-hmm. but I am really excited to have all the games here. Yeah. I really, I mean, for the first time since 2012, and you hit on a great point at the top of the show. And we'll talk about it a little bit more. This is a young football team. Believe They have 30 guys out of their 90 on the roster that are rookies mm-hmm. right now. I mean, There's not going to be 90 guys when the season starts, but they have 30 out of 90. That gives you an idea, and I'm not talking about the second-year guys. It's a young football team. It certainly helps having the games right here at home, I think, this season for this football team, for Doug Marone to win. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about it. And, again, your thoughts are uh, more than welcome. Let's uh, You teased Andy Dalton and, and Cam Newton. Andy Dalton, the yeah. Dallas you talked about a little bit, so I don't have to rehash. A little surprise. Well, yeah, you were surprised, right? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I think we're all surprised yeah, by yeah, it, okay. uh, a little, no doubt. And I, I will just be honest with you. With Andy, Andy Dalton was not the savior of this football team for the Jacksonville Jaguars. No. He wasn't. But I felt ten times better, and that's not an exaggeration. It might even be 20, about their room with a guy like Andy Dalton in the room go along with Minshew and Dobbs and Luton on the practice squad, in my mind, you know, uh, I felt so much better than in a, a room where right now I see absolutely minimal experience mm-hmm. out there. I, I, I think there was something to that. Now, listen, Jay Gruden knows what he's doing. He's been around for a long time. Doug Marone's been around for a long time. That doesn't mean you don't have people that know what they're talking about. But yeah. I, I like I, I think the role of backup quarterback in the room, if you talk to quarterbacks that have played in the league, that dynamic is important. And uh, I would like the Jaguars to have a veteran quarterback. doesn't mean they can't get one. And that brings us to Cam Newton. That's the next biggest name. And I still just don't believe it's happening. I, I don't believe it. And I will be the guilty guy here of saying, I don't know Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen him in a backup role to start a season. And just based on the alpha dog that that Cam Newton is... I just don't know if it's a great fit to come in here and say, hey, yeah, we want you to back up Gardner Minshew, a guy that's played 12 games who was a sixth round pick, and that's going to be a good fit. That's not to say Cam Newton's a problem, mm-hmm. not to say Cam Newton's a bad teammate. No, I just am telling you I have no evidence that it can work. You know, Andy Dalton got nine seasons as a pro, as a starting quarterback in Cincinnati, and he did pretty well in Cincinnati, but he didn't do great. Like, yeah. he had his run. And at the same time, he was asked to be a backup and go through that transition a little bit last year. Cam Newton wasn't asked to be the backup and go through a transition. Cam Newton was hurt. And so he was forced to be the backup. And then he was basically kicked out the door. Mm -hmm. So he's probably still got a bigger chip now than, than ever before, which is good from a competitive advantage. I just don't know the fit. And I'm just being honest. We don't know Cam Newton or I don't. I just don't know if that's a great fit for him, even though you love the name and and sometimes the game when he's healthy.
1: So Rob Goldberg put out an article yesterday for Bleacher Report, and they got into the fact that the reports are coming out now that Cam Newton is willing to wait um, to see how the quarterback you know rooms shake out if there's an injury or you know somebody maybe doesn't perform well up to their standards, whatever it is. Because he doesn't want to be a backup quarterback, okay? So he's willing to actually sit on the sidelines until his number gets called to be a starting quarterback. Might be smart. So, And, and you know what? It might not be out of the realm possibility. It might be the right thing to do, okay? But I get it, man. I'm sure there's message boards out there right now. I'm sure Jaguars fans are all over Twitter. Why not bring Cam Newton into Jacksonville? Let's bring Cam Newton. Let's bring Cam Newton in, okay? Take, take the whole... Take the whole, and I don't want to call it an ego thing because every starting quarterback's got an ego, but take the whole, quote-unquote, distraction that he could maybe bring in if he's not a starting quarterback. Okay? Take the whole distraction out of it to say if he was the backup quarterback, would he actually help Gardner Minshew? Not really sure. Take that out of it. From a standpoint right now, and whether it's Cam Newton, whether it's Blake Bortles, whether it's Geno Smith, whether it's Mike Glennon, whether it's Joe Flacco, any backup quarterback, including Cam Newton, that comes to Jacksonville, he's not going to be the savior of your city. Okay? He's not going to be a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick type where all of a sudden Fitz Magic comes up and everyone's excited. Everyone's rocking beards and sunglasses now because, wow, this is something new and exciting. That's not going to happen here in Jacksonville, even with Cam Newton, because... And I've been saying this ad nauseum, but it's going to go one or two ways. Gardner is going to be the guy, or he's not going to play that well, and a backup comes in and just tries to salvage the season. And that's it. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars wash their hands of it, and then they go to 2021 and sign their starting quarterback. One would assume then, at a rookie contract, Gardner Minshew is the backup quarterback. Simple as that. So you're not going to bring a backup quarterback in here regardless of who the name is and try to turn you know, turn the franchise around with him. Just not going to happen. The only reason why I wanted Andy Dalton here was not for his on-the-field performance. I could care less to tell you the truth. I just wanted Andy Dalton here to help Gardner Minshew. Andy Dalton, I think, wasn't going to come in if Gardner Minshew knock on wood gets hurt or plays horrible and turn the season around. It just wasn't going to happen. So with that being said, Cam Newton would probably want more money than Andy Dalton. So I don't want to see Cam Newton and Jacksonville because it's a one it's a it's a one year thing, at the very most. You're not gonna sign him to a long term deal. None of these backup quarterbacks. So when I look down the list, Brent, I look at one thing. How many of these backup quarterbacks right now that are free agents have played under Gruden's system? And you know what? Can't really find any. I mean, you can make an argument for Josh McCown, 41 years old, been in a lot of NFL locker rooms, very versed in a lot of offenses, smart dude. Do you bring him in? Joe Flacco, possibly? I don't know. Blake Fortos, do you bring him back? I just feel like the whole point of a backup quarterback was to try to cultivate Gardner Minshew and make him better. Now, if you can find one of these names, that, like I said, Josh uh, McCown, Trevor Simeon, Mike Glennon, Matt Moore, Joe Webb, Blake Bortles, Geno Smith. If one of those guys you feel like and you have an inkling on them that can come in and tutor Gardner Minshew, then I'm all for it. But I'm here to tell Jaguars fans, don't sit here and say, bring in Cam Newton and turn this whole thing around because that's not what the backup quarterback is being brought in for. So just accept it and move on.
2: Yeah, listen, uh, it's a good thought. I, I like it if it fits. Yeah. If it doesn't, you don't force it. You just don't have to force it. And none of those guys. Rattle off those names again, if you don't mind. Yeah, McCown, so, I mean, McCown, by the way, is he's I still coaching like high school football on
1: Friday I know, nights. I know, right? So I can go through all of them real quick. Uh, we got Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, Drew Stanton, Josh McCown, Trevor Simeon, Mike Glennon, Matt Moore, Joe Webb, Blake Bortles, Geno Smith, Cody Kessler, uh, Kyle Slaughter. I don't know this. Or Slaughter? From Detroit don't know who that is uh Brandon Allen Matt Sims Josh Woodrum Kyle Shermer Manny Wilkins and then I think the uh Cowboys just released their uh Cooper, backup, Rush. Cooper Rush
2: Central Michigan yeah uh, <laughs> <have to> <laughs> yeah listen it doesn't do much it, it mm-hmm. really doesn't do much for me you know because I think you're right it, it's more like okay can you see things that help Gardner along a little bit so I I don't McCown I guess is kind of like McCown to me is like uh, the playing Jordan Palmer he can't play <laughs> yeah but he might be able to teach it exactly you know yeah. and, and Palmer right now wasn't a great quarterback but he teaches it pretty well right he's got all those doing camps well, going man. on and yeah. all that stuff yeah, so he's doing very well for so himself so if you have that kind of guy in maybe it makes sense but I don't need to force it listen I'm a big believer that if you could have got Dalton it made some sense if if things worked out. But I don't think you need to force the veteran QB. You know, the Jags are going to have some holes this year. Mm-hmm. Jazz are not going to have the ultimate roster. And you know what? If that means they don't have a backup quarterback that's a perfect fit, so be it. You know, they do have bodies. Again, Josh Dobbs is no different than those guys in a lot of respect. To me, he's a super smart guy. He's mm-hmm. a really good teammate. And he's been around the league now and been around two different organizations and to learned from Ben Roethlisberger. What's wrong with that? No, he hasn't got it done. I understand, but none of those quarterbacks have necessarily got it done. So, I'm fine with Dobbs in the room. I, I, I don't. I, you don't need to get that position. It would have been nice. I would have felt better about it. That's all I'm saying. And I just don't think Cam Newton is that smart. Move by Newton too to do that. To wait. Huh. You know, I thought about a bunch of those guys, like those names: Cam Newton, Jadavion Clowney. Are they just gonna wait till the season starts? I mean, should Jadavion Clowney just going to wait to yeah. sign until, like, camp's almost over? Yeah. Has he become that guy? I mean, if, if you're going to miss camp, yeah, miss camp, man. Then I, well, <laughs> there's, there's it's worse the things. one
1: thing you can do this time, yeah. right? And sign another one-year well, deal? Let, well, let me ask you this. We, we talked about Andy Dalton going to the Patriots. If you're the Patriots, do you take a look at Cam Newton? You, you think Cam Newton could work in New England? Yeah, I think Cam Newton can work
2: in, uh, a lot of places, by the way. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I think but, he can work a lot. I mean, but I'm saying, if to, do you pull the trigger on that or not? Or are you happy with you having Stidham? Look, and, I, I mean, I know how you feel about it, but. Well, listen, to me, Cam Newton or
2: Brian Hoyer. would be a great upgrade from Stidham because I haven't or seen Hoyer. Stidham play.
1: Yeah. Or Hoyer like, too?
2: Yeah. Okay. Now, listen, you would tell me that the resume of Cam Newton is better than Minshew. Well, it is better than Minshew. But I also saw some things that I like in Minshew. Yeah, and I want to see if they are something I don't have that instead. Hey, and guess what? The the resume of Joe Flacco is better than Gardner Minshew. Absolutely, but you don't so, feel good about it. Yeah? What are we talking about? That's right. Know? So I, that's why I don't know. Does it make sense for the Patriots? You know, my thoughts on the Patriots. I, I don't think they
1: care much about this year. <laughs> you think they're tanking on purpose? Well, yeah? I don't or, think tanking is the right word. They're right? setting themselves up for an interesting 2021. Well, to be honest with you, I really don't think
2: the patriots are that different than what the jags are doing this year. Hmm. I really don't. And yeah. I wouldn't call that tanking. Yeah. Like but the idea is it could go that direction if it fails. And you know what then you set up in 2021. Keep in mind one more aspect of, the the one thing the jags have over the patriots is that they have way better cap space right now than the, the patriots are a mess in their cap. Mm-hmm. They can't afford anybody right now. So you can't it's hard to bring in the newtons or somebody else right now. But I think, actually, the Patriots are, in a lot of respects, like the Jags. They're like, all right, let's see if we got anything in these quarter- this quarterback. We know what Brian Hoyer is, but yeah. with Stidham. And then if we don't, well, we compile some picks and we go get our next guy in the 2021 draft. I'm not saying that's going to be the first overall pick, but I'm saying that the concept is similar to what mm-hmm. the Jags are doing here in 2020. Let's go to the lines real quick. we got Steven hanging on the line, and then we got to run to a break. But the Action Sports Acts on ESPN 690. hope you're doing well. Steven, what's up?
0: Uh, I'm doing pretty good, guys. How about yourself? Good. Doing well. Uh, I had an opinion about what uh, Austin asked earlier about maybe quarterback free agents that are there that could possibly help. Uh, the list I actually saw had Alex Smith's name on it, and I would have suggested maybe Alex Smith or Joe Flacco. They did great wonders with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl.
1: All right, thank you, Steven.
2: Thanks, man. Uh, yeah,
1: listen. did you watch the Alex Smith documentary? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't think about him playing football. Uh, great story, but I don't think about playing football. I, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with that. Listen, Flacco's interesting, but I don't get the sense even Flacco's the great teammate guy. Yeah, you know, like he they got rid of him quick in Denver. Mm-hmm. He's now been kicked out of two organizations and said, "Hey, we don't. You're not any good anymore."
1: Well, you kind of felt the way. I mean, he was great with the Ravens, you know, and 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 the, Coach Harwell said like he was great. Oh with yeah, grooming yeah. Jackson. I think in Denver it was a little different with with Drew Locke and everything, where I think Flacco thought he was the guy going forward, who was this Drew Locke kid. Yeah. So there might be a little was vocal little, about that. Yeah. So there's a little animosity there built up, so that was kind of a bad look for for Joe Flacco. Once again, these are two guys that I don't think have ever played in Gruden system, so from a knowledge standpoint, can't really help help Gardner Minshew. One could think if Joe Flacco comes to Jacksonville, how are him and Gardner gonna get along? I just. I don't
2: see it. Yeah, he seems like the surly type, you know? He's yeah. the old curmudgeon now, and I don't know if he... Whatever, we'll see what's up with Flacco, but his, I feel like he's almost done. He feels like he's 39, not 34, Yeah, uh, which is really weird with the Joe Flacco and situation.
1: Listen, with Alex Smith, man, I, if the guy plays again, I mean, that's awesome. Like, that'd be fantastic, but, you know, you just...
2: From a listen, reliability standpoint. Listen,
1: I, I saw, I mean, did you, did you watch the... I didn't watch the whole thing. I've okay. only seen part of
2: it. For some reason, I didn't it's, get to it all this weekend. But
1: Yeah, man. I mean, that guy's, let's just say that guy's been through a lot. Yeah. Okay, that Mid- guy's been through, been through a laundry list of a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. Hey, when we come back, uh,
2: Leonard Fournette's option not picked up. Today would have been the day to do it. Uh, not picked up. No surprise there. But when we look back on the 2017 draft, not a lot of guys' options were picked up. Mm -hmm. Is that a change in the NFL mentality in the front offices, or is it a bad draft? Talk about it a little bit next, coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
1: Yeah, well, obviously, that that was big news this morning. We've been working hard since we started our work-from-home routine, connecting with our fans, talking with
0: them, understanding how they're feeling. Um, today i'm sure you can imagine the phones are ringing our staff is still able to uh, execute on picking up those calls and you know our goal from day one is pack tia bank field for every home game make sure it's a home field advantage for our team and today we learned we have two more opportunities to do that
2: that's uh, chad johnson senior vice president sales and service uh, over at uh, the Jacksonville jaguars and talk to him really just within the last uh, hour or so. That's why I was a few minutes late um, doing some some TV stuff and getting that interview. And interesting, he answered or tried to answer some of the questions that I had about uh, the whole London games being canceled and coming back. And a lot of it's still very fluid. But the biggest thing is, hey, there are 10 games now if you want to watch it. Uh, I thought it was cool because I said to Ty, uh, the kids uh, both at the same time, Kaylee didn't honestly react too too much, but said to Ty, he was like, yeah, like, he was excited about it. Nice. I was like, he doesn't usually say anything. <laughs> and so I was a little surprised to hear that. And I, wondered, I mean, there's no reason not to be excited about more football games. And, and as right now, right, the, any kind of games that you can go to, it, just the thought of it is kind of fun to think about. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it'll be interesting. There's so much. Like, This is going to be such a unique year that I just don't – there's no blueprint for it. There's no precedent for it. And I don't think there's anything you can even measure to it, like year to year when it comes to ticket sales, right? Uh, You could see this influx of ticket sales because people can't wait to do something. Mm -hmm. You could see this, oh, wait a minute, not so much in empty stadiums, one, because they might force you to do it, and two, because, well, people might not have the dollars to be able to do it. So uh, it will be so fascinating, Uh, much like this last two months where the pause button has been hit. And much like this time we're living in is, is an historic time, regardless of, of what is happening. I mean, we know that it, it'll be something talked about for 20, 50, 100 years. Uh, I do think these seasons, you know, how people respond to them in Major League Baseball, NBA, but this football season, because it's the king's sport, uh, will be documented for years and years to come, no matter how it plays out.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's, it's interesting too, because, heaven forbid something like this happens again right because this is kind of the blueprint now of what to do if something catastrophic like this ever happens again so um, you know it's something to really keep a close eye on obviously it's going to be documented like you just said Brent and listen we don't know what it's going to be like what we talked about we don't know what the future is going to bring but it's going to be a season to remember for sure just because it's probably going to be the only one that's going to be like this right so um, it's you know the documentaries the the E60s the, the ESPN 30 for 30s the Probably going to all be out in full force in the next 20 years or so, but it is going to be interesting to keep note just because if something, like I said, if something happens again, um, you kind of have that blueprint of how to do things.
2: All right. Uh, I want to talk uh, real quickly. This doesn't need a lot of conversation, but Leonard Fournette's, uh, right after the show Friday, I think it was reported and which I didn't really think needed to be reported because I thought it was kind of obvious. <laughs> Leonard Fournette's, uh, 50 year con, uh, option, uh, was not picked up by the Jags, was not mm-hmm. going to be. They had until today to do it and they didn't. So, no surprise but what's really interesting is out of the top 5 picks only Miles Garrett who by the way had one of the most controversial things happen in recent memory in the NFL swinging a helmet at a player and getting suspended for half the season yeah uh he his, his because he has had success rushing a passer his option was picked up but the four out of the top 5 guys were not mm-hmm. we've now seen other players in that draft in the top 15 not picked up. Many of them have not been picked up. What does that say? Does that mean that second year, that second contract is not what it used to mean? Was Did these guys fail? Uh, were they just bad picks? Was it a bad draft? What's your uh, take on I all mean, these 50 year yeah. options not being picked up? I mean, that's a nice luxury of the club. Now, it also could mean the new CBA reads that that thing is now guaranteed. It's different. It's not just. Hey, the only way we'd have to pay you, is uh, guarantee-wise, is mm-hmm. if you're injured and you can't pass a physical. That was the protection for the player. But the, the if the Jaguars wanted to pick up Fournette's option, as long as they were confident in the injury part, which, I, you know, that's debatable, mm-hmm. but if they were, then you could pick up the option and still release the player before the, at the start of the league year next year and not have to pay him.
1: Yeah. Well, now you can't do that. So real quick about that draft. You know, the 2017 draft. I mean, was it a bad draft overall? I argue in Satan is actually a pretty good draft. You got guys like Christian McCaffrey, Jamal Adams, Patrick Mahomes, Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson, Marlon Humphrey, Tredavious White. Both some pretty solid guys. Well, you got okay? some
2: superstar guys. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And then, you know, I think you had TJ go later in the, I think like 30 or something like that he went. So the, the talent was there. Okay. Like... The teams maybe reach up a little bit for a Corey Davis out of Western Michigan when they shouldn't have possibly talking to Tennessee Titans. But with that being said, I mean, yeah, the, you know, if you look at the three, the, the third pick through the fifth pick yet, Solomon Thomas, Leonard Fournette and Corey Davis. Yeah. All those guys obviously could argue you have underperformed now Leonard Fournette, take it for what you want there, but he didn't get his fifth year um, sign. So that can say, you know what? Didn't do a good job in Jacksonville. I think the talent was there, but Maybe there was some, you know, scouting that just kind of went away or whatever the reason was. But the talent was there that just didn't pick it.
2: Yeah, one more thought on that when we come back. We shout out to a senior here on ESPN 690. We're going to start doing that. A little bit later on, we gave a $50 gift card away to Metro Diner and uh, so much more. A lot of football talk coming up next, ESPN 690.